Well, good morning, church. Grateful to be with you here this morning. We are continuing in our doctrine series. Uh, this morning, we're actually going to be looking at the doctrine of creation, that our God is a creator God, um, that he is the first mover, that he is before all things, that there was something um, there before there was anything. Uh, but before we jump in, I do want to recommend a resource to you that has been really helpful to me. It's an old resource that's been repackaged in a really beautiful uh, new way by Crossway. It is called Concise Theology, um, and it is by J.I. Packer. Packer is an incredible theologian, uh, a brilliant mind, a gift to the church. And this is essentially a um, sort of a miniaturized systematic theology. And so really all the concepts that we're going to be walking through over the next 13 weeks, he covers, though not in depth, uh, he covers them in beautiful ways, in a concise way for the um, churchgoer. And so I would really recommend this to you. It's Crossway just put this out, a beautiful hardcover, um, Packer's Concise Theology, and you can follow along with us um, in the Doctrine series. So great book. So pick that up. I got it on Amazon or anywhere else that you might buy books. Um, all right, we're gonna, I'm going to keep it easy for you here this morning. If you've got a Bible, um, grab it. If you don't have a Bible, let me know. We want to get you one. Open up to Genesis chapter 1. We are going to be in the first verse, and we're just going to stay there today. We could spend 20 weeks on the doctrine of creation. We could talk about old earth versus new earth. We could talk about all the different theories, all the different um, theological understandings of creation. Uh, we don't have time to get into all of it, but I would encourage you to dig in deep. If you, uh, th there's just a, um, you could mine for weeks and weeks and weeks on the doctrine of creation. Uh, and I've got 25 minutes. So uh, here we go. If you got your Bibles, uh, Genesis 1 verse 1, uh, we are essentially given an answer to one of our greatest questions that we have. Where did we come from? Who are we? Uh, why are we made the way that we are made? Who, uh, who governs that? Who controls that? And we're given that very answer at the very beginning of our Bible in Genesis, which is, just means the beginnings, the origin of how everything began. And God has given to us a window into our most basic fundamental question uh, that says this, that we're still asking today as a culture of who am I uh, and why am I here? And God gives us the answers to that. Um, all right, Genesis 1.1. 1, 1. Um, one sentence. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now let's just start with that first phrase, in the beginning. I want to stop right there because this is a profound statement. Um, many of us just, we're so used to hearing that, especially if you've grown up in the church. But if you stop and think about that, this is a mind-blowing statement. This is a profound statement and it is a difficult statement for us to even uh, wrap our minds around fully. Why? Because you and I are finite beings. Uh, we have a beginning and we have an end. All of us, everything has a life cycle in uh, our created world. Um, and so we have a hard time, in fact, almost an impossible time, comprehending or even 
grasping the idea of anything outside of the parameters of time. We're driven by time. We're dictated by time. We are controlled by time. Uh, we, we make plans by time. Everything that we do is, has time constraints. Everything that we do is governed by time. Uh, think about this. Almost every conversation you have, almost everything that you say to someone else uh, is governed by time. Uh, a quick example of this. Here's how we talk all the time. Hey, what time are you getting up? What time does church start? What time are we meeting today for lunch? What time is kickoff? Uh, what time does the game start? When are we going to eat dinner? When are we going to meet? Uh, what time is it? When were you born? When did you graduate from high school? What year did you graduate from college? How old are your kids? How old are um, your parents? I mean, everything is governed by time. All of our understanding of one another even is undergirded uh, by this concept of time, time and space. Um, in fact, you would be stressed to even describe anything without using time language. Um, this little phrase, in the beginning, means that there was something before the beginning, right? There was something before there was time, in other words. Um, Ecclesiastes helps us understand this idea that how much we are governed by time. The Bible talks about this. Um, so Genesis talks about there is something before there was time. Ecclesiastes, it says, hey, as humanity, this is how we are even, uh, this, is, this is how we're governed. This is how everything dictates us. Listen to Ecclesiastes 3 as it talks about time with regard to us as humanity. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. For there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather up stones, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to tear, a time to sow, a time to silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. Um, we are governed and guided uh, by time. The Word of God says this. The Word of God points this out. Uh, even, even the question, how are you, will be answered with time signatures. I mean, think about this. When you ask someone, Hey, hey, man, how's it going? I, I, had a, I had a meeting with a pastor friend of mine just a few days ago, and we were just catching up to talk about, man, how's ministry? Uh, how's life? How are you doing? How can we pray for one another? And even in the, the very beginning of this coffee meeting that we gathered, when I asked, um, hey, Justin, how are you? He says, well, right now, I'm just all right. That's time. Right now, in this season, because we're in a unique season, it's a troubling season, it's a hard season. He's like, uh, I, I'm just okay. 
And I said, he said, well, how are you? And I said, well, I'm really, really ready for 2020 to be over. Uh, It has been a a very difficult season uh, to pastor a church and to lead and guide and spiritually shepherd God's people in this time. And so I'm ready for a new season. It's baked in with time signatures. You have these conversations all the time as well. We're dictated and driven by time. Yet Genesis 1.1 says that there was something before it, before time. Um, And the next part starts to reveal creation a little bit more. Listen to this. In the beginning, God. So before there was time, God. First sentence of the Bible. In the beginning, God. Now here, we're introduced to an eternal creator outside of time. Now, we know that something was before in the beginning, and the Bible tells us it was God. That God, according to the Bible, is the only one or only thing, the only object the only power, the only presence with no beginning because God alone has no beginning. Therefore, everything that exists, everything that is created, everything subject to time exists and is grounded in the one before it. And the Bible names him God in the first sentence of the Bible. He is, and he alone, has no beginning. He has no end. And then we see from there what God does in Genesis 1.1. So here we go. In the beginning, God created. This is incredible. So we're given so much about um, our origin. In the beginning, Here is the one in the beginning, God, and what did he do? Created. This tells us something. God is the primary mover in everything that exists. He's the source. Um, And so what you begin seeing here is as God being the primary mover, the ultimate creator, you get a sense of God's immense, immeasurable unending value, or as we would call it today, wealth. Um, God's unending, immeasurable, immense wealth. If I gave you the ability right now to create something out of nothing, you would have immeasurable wealth, resources, Um, investment, all of these things. You would have everything at your disposal if you could take that which was nothing, right? Right here, if there was nothing, and speak and it become something. Um, God has immense wealth, immense value. And so we see in the beginning that God creates everything out of nothing, That's how immensely um, wealthy he is. In fact, it goes on not just to celebrate the the wealth and immeasurable value of God and the uh, immeasurable 
um, the immeasurable uh, resources of God, the mind of God, the beauty of God, and all that he's created. But it goes on from there, and it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens. And here we're given a glimpse into the power of God. So we have a God that is uncreated, who always was and always will be, who is immeasurably wealthy, has everything, has created everything. Everything, therefore, is under his domain and under his control, and he is in sovereign control of it. And here we see his immense power that he creates the heavens, the expanse of the universe. And when God uh, creates the heavens, we look at this idea when it says God creates the heavens, plural in the Bible. Now think about this. When we are reading this, this is amazing to think about. We're reading of the expanse of the universe. We're reading of the heavens, the galaxies, the universe, the planets. We're reading about the expanse of the universe from a creator God from the very beginning from men who don't understand the expanse of the universe yet are writing the very words of God gifted and given by the Holy Spirit by a God who does understand the expanse of the universe. So God, as we talked about last week, in the word of God, divinely through the Holy Spirit, gifts men to write these words down is charging them with articulating and writing down um, his power, his wealth, his majesty, the fact that he's before time. And he talks about uh, how he is creator of the heavens before men even knew what space in heaven was. That's incredible. Um. Here's some examples of more of this type of language as God is giving us a window and understanding of him as creator. Psalm 147 verse four says this, he determines the number of the stars. That's God. And he gives them all their names. Now, um, this was a few years ago. It was kind of popular, but you could like, pay $19.95 and have a star named after you or something like that. I don't know who came up with that brilliant idea uh, because no one can really claim the stars, so they were charging you, and it's in some book somewhere that's meaningless. But anyway, we're, we're trying to name the stars and create a bit. God, God's word says, no, he has numbered all of the stars, and he has a name for each one of them because he made them. The psalmist said this. David says this. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and he penned this. And he, David, when he wrote this psalm, looking at the stars, seeing the stars, having God's people understand who made the stars, was completely unaware of the realities of the galaxy and the stars. He did not have the Hubble telescope. He did not have an encyclopedia to turn to that was color. He did not have Google that he could type in uh, galaxies and nebulous and stars to see the expanse and the wonder and the intricacy and the beauty of all things that are created in the heavens. He just says, God, I know that you're naming the stars and you've got a name for each one of them. Um, 
Job 26. Behold, these are but the outskirts of his ways. Um, Other translations say it this way. These heavens, meaning the heavens that it talks about in Genesis 1, all that he's created, the great expanse of the unknown universe that God has made are but the fringes of his garment. Um, That's a beautiful way of thinking about it. These were written before there was even an understanding of what was even beyond the stars that we can see. Even the Hubble telescope is fixed on just one place. Think these are but the fringes of the garment of God. He is the creator. Again, Genesis 1.1, giving us our origin, giving us our beginning story. He's talking about here the very power of God. That he created the expanse of the universe, the heavens, the cosmos. And he did it out of nothing. There was once nothing, and God made everything. Out of nothing, the expanse, the vast expanse of the universe was born by the power of his word. That's incredible. That's beautiful. And in the middle of the vastness of this universe that we find ourselves in, God creates smaller little solar systems, smaller ecosystems of planets and stars and um, all the beautiful scientific things that I don't know anything about, to be honest with you. But in all of this, he creates this tiny little ball. Um, a tiny little rock in the great expanse of all that he made to show his vastness, to show his power on this tiny little ball that we call earth. Um, He sovereignly orchestrates the greatest drama to play out um, ever to be known in the universe. And it's played out through man and women made in the image of God to rule and reign on this earth, that we might know this creator, this vast, mighty, powerful, wealthy creator, that he would come near to his very creation and show us his grace and care and love through creating you and I. And even when you think about the expanse of the universe, um, it doesn't get much more weak and fragile than Earth. I mean, turn on the news. We're suffering from climate change. We have earthquakes. We have that uh, hurricane we were all preparing for that was still terrible but just barely missed us. So please be praying for brothers and sisters and uh, those in Louisiana uh, that just got hit. But we're, we're fragile We're still at the whims of his power. Um, In fact, if there were just a few degrees off of even the very axis of how God positioned our planet, there would be no place for human life. 
but he creates all things. He creates space. He creates time. He creates mass. And then he orders it and he gives purpose to it. Right? And the biggest question that we often grapple with is our origin. Um, and where we've come from, and even how we can understand science and math and all of these things. And all of these things exist and can be known and can be studied and can be learned and can be grasped because of this creator God speaking all things into existence, time, matter, and space. Without these things, we have no ability to do that. Without God as creator, we have no ability to know and to understand and to ponder these things. Um, so let's start with a couple of questions. Origin. What are we? Um, well, first, we know from this text that we are created. In the beginning, God created so you and I were created by a creator. We didn't used to be something else. We were created by a creator, which means this, and this may hurt a little bit. Uh, we were created by a creator, which means that you and I are not the point. We're not the end game. It means that everything else doesn't orbit around me. Um, we're not the point of the expanse of the universe. We're not the end goal of the expanse of the cosmos. Though we have a special place in it, though God created us on purpose with love and care and grace, we are not the point of it all. We play a part in it, but we are not the goal of it all. Um, and this is hard for us to swallow. Um, because I want to be the point of it all, right? I want Ashley to think I'm the point. I want my kids to think that it, it's about me. I want my coworkers. I want my friends. I want, every, I, I want people to think, oh, he's a big deal. But in the beginning, God created means that God is the very point of it all. Um, that he is the apex. He is the creator. And we just play a, a part in it by his Good grace. And knowing I'm not the point of creation um, helps me in a very real practical way love and serve others. Because God, the creator, also made them. And so I no longer step on people to get ahead. I no longer take advantage of the system to just benefit my agenda. Um, my agenda is secondary to that which God gives me because he is immense, he is powerful, he is the creator, he made me, and he has purpose for me. It's not just my agenda. And because we have a creator God, that creator has granted us with a purpose in mind. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth means that you and I were created on purpose with a purpose. Um, so we can be 
breathing or simply existing, but what the Bible says is that there is a God, there is a creator, and in the beginning, God created, and God actually is the one that makes known to you and I the path of life. He is the one uh, that we looked at last week. By his word, his trustworthy way illumines our path. And if we don't understand that about God, we will walk in darkness, we will exist, but we will not be on the right track. We will not understand our purpose. We will be confused in our origin and who has made us and how we were created and what our purpose is. And so God in his grace gives us his word and gives us an understanding of who we are and what that purpose is. Psalm 1611 says it this way beautifully. Talking about God, you make known to me the path of life. I don't carve it out on my own. I don't blaze my own trail. God makes known to me the path of life. It says this, in your presence, God, there is fullness of joy. We are all desperately seeking joy. Um, and we are all longing to find it. And we find oftentimes illegitimate ways to shortcut that which God wants to give us most fully. The scripture says, in God's presence, there is fullness of joy. And then listen to this. He concludes it this way. And at your right hand, God, there are pleasures forevermore. Um, so in God, we find our way for life because he has made us and created us and purposed us. In God, we find that which we are seeking most, which is joy and life. And we get to now be a part of the everlasting into eternity because he says that when we are following God, that when we submit our will to his, when we follow his path, there are pleasures forevermore, now and in forevermore because we're with him. So only in our creator do we find purpose and meaning and joy and pleasure forevermore. So when we are faced with questions uh, in our society that seem basic and fundamental, which are now coming into question, like what is manhood? Um, well, God makes known that path of life. We want to know who, what does it mean to be a man? We look to God's word. God shows us. We want to know what it means to be a woman. We look to God's word. He shows us. We want to know about money. We look to God. He shows us. We want to know about sex or children or whatever else it is. We look to God and he shows us. And in his path, that is the way to life. Um, God shows us. John 10.10, 10, Jesus says it this way. The thief comes to only kill, steal, and destroy. There's an enemy that wants to take that away from us. He wants to rob us of where we've come from. He wants to take away that which God uh, longs to show us and guide us in. And this thief, this enemy, this deceiver, this accuser wants to put us on a path that does not lead to life but to death, Scripture says. But this is what Jesus has come to show us. Jesus says, but I come that you may have life and you may have it abundantly. Um, 
So church, there is a personal, infinite, eternal, just, loving, holy God who has designed the universe and everything in it to reflect his glory, his greatness, his beauty, his power, his wisdom, his justice, and his mercy. And he has no beginning. And he alone rightly has the last word. We're not the point he is. James reminds us this, 117. Every good and perfect gift comes from above coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Everything good in your life is from God. We're not the point. He is. He gives us purpose. He gives us joy. He brings order. He brings our great hope. And I'll end with this. Uh, J.I. Packer says it in this book right here when talking about creation the doctrine of creation. He says, the world is not self-sustaining. God is. The stability of the universe depends on the constant divine upholding. And this is the specific ministry of the divine Son of God, Colossians 1 tells us. And without it, every creature of every kind, including ourselves, would cease to be. Church, um, our God is a creator God. He has made you. He has purposed you. He has given you um, value because he is of immeasurable wealth. And um, Jesus, our Lord, is the one that holds the very creation together. He holds the cosmos together in the palm of his hand, Colossians tells us. And without Jesus, we would cease to be. And so this morning, as we conclude with one more song of worship, let's aim our worship at Jesus, our maker, um, who was there at the very beginning with God as creator. And he's there in every moment. He is over time and space. He is over your life. He knows you. He has numbered all of our days. And even the very cosmos are but the fringes of his garment. He is worthy to be praised. He is glorious. He is a maker. He is creator. And yet in Jesus, he is near to you and I. And he is good to us. And he has a plan for us. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are vast and mighty, that you were before time, but yet in your providence and your goodness, you chose to create and make us and breathe life into us, and you long to give us life abundantly, your word tells us. God, may we be on that pathway. Lord, help us fight off the thief that wants to come and kill, steal, and destroy, and may we cling to our great maker, creator, and sustainer, Jesus, our Lord, who sustains us now with every breath. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.